What is up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler. You know, it's been a year. It's been a year since we've been doing this, and I've been thinking about uh, this week all the all the nonsense that we've covered over the past year. And unsurprisingly, boy, what a year it's been between a presidential campaign, a tumultuous one at that, a subsequent presidential election with the predictable election disputes that followed that, uh, several riots throughout the summer, the nonsense of the Capitol riot in January, and of course COVID has not let its grip uh, go yet, and we've discussed lockdowns and mask mandates and vaccine mandates and vaccine efficacy and all kinds of crazy crap that just seems to never go away uh, with all things covid and then of course we've had a new presidential administration and we've discussed the continual train wreck that that tends to continues to be with and marked by inflation supply chain disruptions um, the disaster of the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the meltdown at the border, and the list goes on and on and on. But yeah, we've covered it all here. We've bounced ideas, and it's been a year, so it's been uh, it's been quite a ride. And I'm I'm glad that you have been here with me to make that ride. As I've been thinking about that and thinking of things going on this past week, you know, I can't help but just be caught by the thought that um, the institutions of power that we're seeing, not just in this country, but around the globe, um, have crumbled. And you just see it over and over. And with, with all the nonsense, like I just you know, prattled off and, and everything that we see uh, from day to day. Um, as evidence, you know, Joe Biden spoke to the General Assembly of the UN uh, this past week. And it was, uh, it was, it was quite a thing. Um, it was something to see in that setting a sitting U.S. president project such weakness as he did. And it's it's scary to think of all of those around the world who have been held off for so many so many years and now looking and thinking that uh, their their time has come. It's just it, it's it's hard to not be dismayed with that. But again, come from us uh, Gen Xers, that dismay tends to turn into apathy and eye rolling and shrugging our shoulders and saying, "Yeah, whatever." I mean, that's that's how it goes, right? There's not too much that we can do about about that. We can just uh, react to it. I also saw that there have been. You know, new uh, documents undercovered from the uh, Wuhan lab and further evidence that the gain-of-function research that was going on at that laboratory likely caused the, the pandemic um, was funded in no small part by the NIH and one Dr. Fauci as evidence that now he has proactively lied to Congress and... and uh, I doubt anything will will come of that. Um, the fact that there won't uh, kind of is further evidence that that our institutions are are deteriorating. Also, uh, General Milley is set to testify regarding the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. I don't know what he can do and what he can say that will make his actions 
more justifiable in the minds of uh, the United States and, and our citizens. Um, but it, it's just a, a disaster. You know, I saw General McKenzie, he testified that he, among others, um, of high-ranking officials in the military, recommended to the president that uh, we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan just as a, as a deterrent, as, as support for uh, the Afghanis, and that advice was not heeded. Again, it seems to be you know, nothing too out of the nor- ordinary on its surface where you know, advisors are giving some advice and, and the chief executive uh, ultimately weighs that and decides what he wants. But what's n- noticeable here is in an interview to George Stephanopoulos as Afghanistan was melting down, he declared that he was never given any advice to keep troops in Afghanistan. I mean, more than and more than one time he made that assertion. So, someone here is not telling the truth. It's either our sitting president or a series of senior military officials. Either way, I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty clear as to who's not telling the truth here. But either way, the fact that that can happen and there be no consequence for anybody, no accountability, no ramifications for for that, not just for that failure, but for someone being untruthful, kind of further uh, evidence that, again, our institutions are in decay if they've not already crumbled. And it's hard to conceive of of putting uh, old Humpty Dumpty back together again as, as far as that goes. But on, on and on we go. But that's just, in, in light of everything that we've seen this past year, that just seemed to be further evidence uh, of all of our assumptions that we've made, uh, certainly along the way. Uh, border update. Last week we talked about this nonsense that's going on with the borders and all these just scores of Haitians um, that are, are coming across the border and are being held in Del Rio, Texas. And there was some dust up last week about the, around this picture that showed a border agent on horseback uh, looking down on this uh, this Haitian immigrant and and what appeared to those who don't know better uh, that that was a whip and there's this outrage that followed in Twitter. Uh, not fact-checked, as far as, far as I'm aware, that uh, border agents were caught whipping uh, immigrants at the border. And there was just this collective outrage from the predictable Twitterati. You know, the only problem with that is the individual who took the picture clarified that the person in the photo was not being whipped in that photo, and... Uh, not just that one person, but that photographer had never witnessed any border agent whipping or hitting anybody with a a whip-like device or their reins or what have you. They did not witness any of that. And even triple down on that, there someone released a video they took of that very incident and you see these people trying to run through the through the the river and up the up the banks and and try to make their way. And these border agents on horseback rounded about them and made them turn back away 
into into the water back to where they came from and in that process you could see no one was whipped no one was slapped no one was hit with any long reins or anything that they had been accused of which is you know just the darndest freaking thing you know because i was told by twitter and in this whole army of of righteous indignation that that was not the case i was told that that uh, these border agents were whipping and beating people. There were members of Congress who were outraged by this. The president even said that it was disgusting what happened at the border and that these people would be punished. And after the evidence came out that, uh, in short order, mind you, that that was not the case, none of those assertions were walked back. Um, there, although there was one article um i don't remember if it was snopes or whoever first broke that that uh story that you know border agents were whipping immigrants at the border they changed and updated their story and they corrected it saying that uh, there are some witnesses that say that no whipping took place No, <laughs> as though they they needed their credibility with me to sink any lower. You know, it's just it's very telling, given the the climate of the media and how manipulative they are, and how much they want to craft their narrative. You notice that what wasn't said in that retraction was counter to what was asserted in our article. No whipping took place. That's not at all what they said. What they said was. Witnesses say that there was no whipping that took place. So some witnesses say that no whipping took place, but that way it was phrased leaves open the possibility that those witnesses say that nothing took place, but they were mistaken that some did. I mean, the way that it's crafted and the way that it's worded is so disgusting, it's so underhanded, and it, it just got to think that they they think that we are stupid that we don't know better and we can't follow along with fact it is it's remarkable that they get away with that it's remarkable that there are people who actually take them seriously i i just honestly don't get it i i really really don't unless it, they just simply confirm your bias and you're willing to look past it that's the only only rational thing that uh, i can get in my mind but it, that border continues to be a disaster, and and you know they were actually called out this week by Tulsi Gabbard, who is uh, is endearing herself to me more to, more and more the more that that she speaks, Democrat though she may be. Um, and she came out and said that uh, you know Biden Harris's open door policy has been a disaster and is the direct reason why we're seeing what we're seeing. And remember, she's the one who single handedly took down uh, Vice President Heels Up in her presidential campaign uh, with with a couple of sharply worded responses in the debate. So, you know, Tulsi Gabbard is, is someone who is near and dear to my heart, and I, I respect her for speaking out against those in her party. So kudos to you, Tulsi. Uh, so, again, I, I think about how the those in the media can still go along with any sense of credibility and, and one of the reasons that i i think about this more and more particularly in light of that story that went around about uh immigrants being whipped because 
again, counter to the you know, statements by the photographer and counter to the video evidence that's out there to the contrary, there are scores and scores of people out there that still believe it. And it, it can, in my mind, it only can be that these different online platforms, whether it be Twitter or TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is, wherever people are consuming these bite-sized capsulations uh, of stories, that they, their people are just incapable now of context. They're incapable of seeing the whole picture. They are incapable of understanding a story in totality within its full context. And unfortunately, I think it's our children who get caught up in this more and more. You know, I, th- I think our children are, are chief among those who, in many instances, unfortunately, are incapable of discerning between truth and fiction. And truth tends to be whatever is in a catchy soundbite, what's ever in some kind of shocking visual that they're seeing, and that's what they gravitate to. And whatever that instant narrative is, it's impossible to shake them from that narrative. Um, as, as evidenced by the non-existent narrative, or untrue narrative, that uh, these border agents were whipping these Haitian immigrants. It, it that could not be more fiction, but when you see a photo in that becomes viral on Twitter and other platforms, regardless of the truth, that seems to be what uh, what sticks with the you know, the the uh, instant uh, information uh, uh, culture that that we are are stuck in, and it's it's just so unfortunate. It kind of you know, further you know, proves the the adage that you know a lie can make it around the world before the truth wakes up in the morning, and that that certainly seems to be the case along these platforms and in in that uh, in that photo in, in particular. But again, that's that's what what they tend to gra- grasp towards, um, and and that's uh, you know certainly seems to be our, where our culture is headed. But uh, as far as our vapid culture goes, I, I, one positive I saw was, I mean, I'm very optimistic that this whole COVID nonsense will be over soon because to warm my cold black heart, the, a number of celebrities sent an open letter regarding COVID and how to, how to conquer it and how to end this pandemic. So... Thank you. Thank you to the courage of these celebrities to stand up and lay out how this can end. Although cynically, I, I wonder why these celebrities were 18 months uh, behind the game. I don't know why they didn't send this open letter last March, April. I mean, we, we could have, think about it, we, we could have uh, not gone through any of this crap. I mean, if, if only these, these sage celebrities... Uh, would have had the courage and 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 wisdom to let their letter be known a year ago. We we could have really saved a lot of lives here. I mean, we really really could. But you know, I, I certainly won't hold that against them. I will just be grateful that they took a stance now and in their bravery <laughs> proclaimed the the steps that need to be taken 
to do away with this pandemic because you, you never, we never know how pissed COVID could be and it could really go after these guys. But uh, they, in the face of grave danger, they they stood up. They were they were the brave souls. They were the heroes that we needed, and they uh, took a stance uh, against against this pandemic. So good on them. Now, as, as further evidence that our, our, our culture is in decline and uh, we grasp onto the small narratives, did, did you see the nonsense that's going on in Australia this past week? Um, you know, you've seen videos of, of people being protesters or, or whomever being shot in the back by by police rubber bullets i think i think it what it was but you're being shot in the back and you know people being handcuffed and arrested in front of their children because they weren't wearing a mask or that they were venturing too far out of uh away from their from their house um to i don't know smoke a cigarette or to go out and get some fast food they were they were caught doing that, and uh, they were you know, quickly uh, apprehended and arrested. Now again, this is not China, it's not Iran, it's not North Korea, it's not Cuba, it's Australia, right? I mean, this is a a very uh, Western culture, one that you would otherwise expect to be, you know, somewhat democratic, some a free state. But here they are with this uh, this totalitarian regime who is with an iron fist demanding that people remain in their homes, you know, whether it's to fight a pandemic or what have you. The fact that they are doing what they're doing is, is nothing short of shocking. And it's easy to dissociate yourself with that and just see it as some clip on social media. But it should be a clarion call for everyone around the world and us in in the United States in particular of what can happen when these oligarchs these people in power and when they go unchecked you know it's the reason why we have the form of government the way that we do it's the reason why our founding fathers were so wise in in setting up our uh, three branches of government the way that they did because if not then you are Australia when a bad virus uh, is is going around, so it's 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 certainly it's certainly shocking. But again, it's what happens when attention is focused on other things, and and we become permissive. Uh, as further evidenced by a, a stat that I saw, which is very interesting, through September 12th of 2021, 302 children in 2011 have been shot in Chicago or 2021, excuse me, in, shot in Chicago, where as uh, to date through the pandemic, a, a 214 children have died from COVID. But yet they are masking up in school buses and in their class. They're trying to have their headlock, put in a headlock and, and forced to take vaccines and, and that this, this and that. But you know, here we have this violence that's, that is descending in one city, and that's totally fine. But the, the fear of a virus is being held at much more uh, high regard. It's just, it's, it's truly bizarre. But again, that's, that's what happens when our culture is in decline. They, you know, I saw that uh, you know, in 2020, homicides surged 30% 
amid calls to defund the police and you know, amongst mass uh, retirements and resignations around the country in, in police departments. Now, again, part of me is, is shocked because I would have, I would think that as we defund the police and, and, and racist cops are, are resigning and, and retiring because, you know, all cops are racist, right? I mean, or ACAB, right? There's the whole ACAB too, right? So as they are retiring and resigning, I would imagine that the army of social workers that are taking up the mantle would be able to do a far better job than a surge of 30% in, in homicides. That just is, is baffling to me. I, I don't understand why there's not a 30% decline in the rate of homicides when an army of social workers is let loose to to take up the the work that these racist cops have been doing for so long, but that that, that came as a complete shock to me. You know, I was a that was a, a head scratcher. I I did not understand how that could possibly be. But again, we are in a country where this past week, in floating and proposing a three point five trillion dollar boondoggle of a spending bill, with a straight face, the Speaker of the House described this spending as cost-free. $3.5 trillion spending is cost-free. Why, you might ask? That's, that's, a, that's an astute question you have there, Gen Xers. The reason being, as these sage, withered Democrats have told us, the reason why a $3.5 trillion spending bill is cost-free is because it will be completely paid for by taxes on the rich. That equates to cost-free. So, uh, kind of put another way, imagine you are a child, you still live with your parents, and how would you view uh, vacations or, you know, dinner? I mean, it's cost-free, right? Why? Well, because mom and dad are paying for it. Therefore, it's cost-free. So... The good news is, is as skeptical as I was about that spending, um, it, it it's cost-free because the rich will pay for it. <sighs> lordy, 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 lordy. All right, switching gears. Uh, you have, you've probably seen that, that sad story about this girl named Gabby Petito, I believe her name is. Uh, she had some YouTube channel, and she was with her boyfriend or fiance, I don't remember specifically which, but they were traveling the country and in a van and living out of their van for a number of months. And they were um, vlogging it or putting their stories on, on TikTok and, and on YouTube. And so on some level she had some kind of following and, but apparently uh, the, the relationship with her and her fiance was not a good one. Um, and she uh, goes missing, and the the fiance is very suspect. And you know, it turns up that uh, they find you know, Gabby's uh, uh, dead body, and her fiance is on the run. And the story runs rampant through through the media. Well, in our our current. Uh, uber woke culture and not surprising the fallout from that story is the press engaged in a lot of hand wringing over the over the past week some might say ironic hand wringing 
bemoaning the, quote, missing white girl syndrome. What is missing white girl syndrome, you might ask? Well, it's the the phenomenon of any time a pretty white girl goes missing or some pretty white girl goes missing and, and turns up she's murdered, that that becomes a sensational story in the press and that you know media outlets descend and, and report on it and this, this, and that. And, and they were just outraged that... Um, you know, forty-five percent of all of missing uh, missing people are people of color. The press was bemoaning the fact that all of these other cases are not reported on. They don't get the attention that all these missing white girls get. You know, I think they raise a very, very, very astute point. You know. Press, media, if only there was someone out there whose job it was to, I don't know, report on facts and stories and get them into the public conscious somehow. If, if only there was some process where that took place. I, I don't know. I, 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 if only we could think of some way to make that happen. You know, it's it's almost like like that that group of of plumbers i don't know if you, if you saw these guys these group of plumbers were just outraged at all of these issues with piping and plumbing in resident residential areas that were that were happening and just wondered you know why aren't these taken care of you know if only there was someone out there who could you know plumb those problems <sighs> or those teachers who were bemoaning the educational system and, and, and thought, you know, we really need to do something. Someone needs to do something about these kids and, and, and what and how they learn. Good Lord. Now, the funny thing is, I actually agree to a certain respect on that point. You know, it, it, it really got under my skin a number of years ago when you know, Natalie Holloway, you remember her? That's a girl in, she disappeared in Aruba on some high school trip. And and Jordan Vandersloot, I believe was his name, was the local kid that uh, is believed that you know, uh, killed or raped or murdered her. And you know, she was missing for, for so long. I don't think her body's ever been recovered. But boy, Greta Van Susteren, she made a career following that story. And, and any other time some pretty sparkling-eyed doe went missing or turned up murdered. You know, she was on the case. You know, Elizabeth Smart goes missing. You know, she was on the case. And, and you know, there is some validity to the fact that you know, when, when someone who's attractive and female goes missing, you know, that story is all over the place. And there are a shocking amount of other cases that get ignored, whether it's because they're ugly or overweight or a minority, or whatever. Yeah, you're right. Those those stories don't get the attention that these others do. But the fact that the press of all people are shaking their fist at, I don't know, consumers of the press, <laughs> that, or, or for reasons why those aren't those stories don't get more attention. It's just it's galling. It's insulting to the intelligence. I just don't get it. But to be fair, there are a lot of different types of demographics and stories that the press conveniently ignores. For example, when a white police officer shoots a white person, does that ever get attention? No, it happens. It happens a lot. 
Does it ever turn up in the news? Rarely. What about black-on-black crime? I mean, sometimes, and it's kind of obfuscated in stories of poverty and gangs and this, this, and that, but the shocking amount of of black-on-black crime that happens largely goes ignored. It's it's an important thing. It's something that should get more attention, but doesn't. Or the amount of poor inner-city children, like those I mentioned in Chicago, but those poor inner-city children who who are shot and, and killed and it, it, by just being bystanders and being in unfortunate circumstance happens a lot. And again, like the, the black-on-black crime, there might be a little bit of stories. You might get a blurb in the local press, and again, it's uh, you know they they talk to the poor crying mother or um, the uh, there might be a little bit of, of outrage about gang violence and and whatever, but not a whole lot of, of attention is paid to those kids. So on principle, I I I would not disagree that pretty girls like Gabby Petito, Natalie Holloway, Elizabeth Smart, that they get a disproportionate amount of attention when when they go missing or something something bad happens to them but i think it's less evidence of institutional racism although ironically if it's anybody's institutional racism it's that of the press but it's also kind of evidence that you know in our in our culture a lot of very shallow qualities are given a premium such as attractiveness or wealth or height or athleticism or strength or whatever. Um, that, that's what gets, what gets the attention. And it's, it's something that probably shouldn't be, but it, it certainly is the case. But the fact that the, the press dare shake their fist at us, you know, it just, it, it's just very galling. But anyway, that's it for for this week. That's it for this past year. And I just want to give a very warm thank you to all you fellow Gen Xers out there. I when I started this, you know, a year ago, I did it with the idea in mind that I just I just wanted to get a little sense back of from what I had lost during the the pandemic. And as much as I was working from home, you know, I missed the interaction with my peers. I missed the interaction with fellow Gen Xers and being able to talk around the water cooler and every, everything that we've talked about this year have been things that we do talk about around the the water cooler at work, you know, and on a, on a daily basis when we see each other and we, or we have lunch with each other. And so it's been good to be able to discuss these things with you. I'm sure not everyone agrees with me on everything. I certainly probably don't agree with you on on everything either but as good gen xers are we're able to shrug our shoulders and say eh, whatever and and still be able to to get along um but you know I, I i appreciate the time that we've spent together i never would have dreamed of the interactions i've, I've been able to have with each of you and and the the reach around the around the world that that uh i've been able to have i've certainly appreciated it it appreciated it and it makes me look forward to another year where we can meet around the water cooler and talk about uh, those things that are going on in our lives from the perspective of a gen xer so till next time have a great week and i will see you again here at the water cooler shout out to hero of all gen xers ronald reagan and i'll see you next time stay cool gen x